0: Nyata. Hello. My name is Alison. I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary and I acknowledge the people of the Eastern Maar Nation who've been sharing stories and keeping culture here since time immemorial and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. School's done and I'm back in the car, in the rain, recording. I hope you like the background noise. Today I'm reflecting on Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 to 38, when Mary has a surprise announcement, and she responds then by singing the Magnificat. The first time I heard the word virgin, I was in primary school. I was confronted by a mean little gang who asked hungrily, Are you a virgin? Well, the way they said it was clearly a dirty word, and so of course I said, No. Well, they howled with laughter, and I felt so ashamed. I asked them to explain the word, but they just snickered some more. And then they ran off to the next poor sucker. A few years later, I was in high school in America. And at that time and place, and to the concern of many parents, health workers, and conservative Christians, very few 15-year-olds were virgin. And so a series of billboards went up. On each was sprayed, virgin, virgin. In ugly, pink letters. And underneath, in calm, assertive type, it said, "'Teach your kids it's not a dirty word.'" Of course, it failed completely. In the perverse way of teenagers, virgin became even more shameful. Something do at adults tried to insist on, and a label to be shed as quickly as possible. A few years after that, I was a young adult, And I found the virgin birth to be embarrassing, even ridiculous. I wanted to explain the stories of faith rationally, and there was no room in my world for miracles. When pressed, I would explain that virgin was better translated as young woman, that the virgin birth was just the story of a teenage pregnancy, and of course there's no baby without sex. And while I'm still convinced that virgin is a mistranslation from a Hebrew word for young woman, And while I understand that there are important theological, historical and political reasons why it was translated this way, I'm ready to let these things and these arguments go for now. They're not the point. Instead, it's been over 30 years since I first heard the word virgin, and I reckon it's time to take a proper look at the term and see if there's anything good in the concept worth claiming. Now the first definition in the Chambers Dictionary implies incompleteness. A virgin is someone, implicitly a woman, who's had no sexual intercourse. As an adjective or a describing word, something which is virgin is in the original condition. And I'm quoting, it's unattained, untouched, unexploited, never scaled, felled, captured, wrought, used and so on. Now these definitions all imply passivity. The mountain is just waiting to be scaled. The forest to be felled. The field to be tilled. The gold to be dug out of the ground. And the woman to know a man. Was this what was important about Mary's virginity? Was it passivity? Was it that she'd not yet known a man? Was it a physical thing? Or many would say yes. In desperate attempts to disassociate Jesus from women, and from sex, wombs, blood, vaginas and birth, most theologians have insisted on Mary's physical virginity. Some have even argued that, when Jesus was born, he emerged as a wisp of spirit touching nothing, and that he took flesh only outside the birth canal. Others have claimed that Mary remained a perpetual virgin, and that the brothers and sisters of Jesus, which are mentioned in the Bible, were really his cousins. But arguing about Mary's sexual history is a distraction. Historically, most definitions and theologies have been written by men. And so we come up with these definitions, such as a virgin is that which has not yet been used. It suggests innocence, but also ignorance. And the many images of Mary as insipid, pale and submissive uphold this particular point of view. But I, of course, am a woman. And I question this way of thinking of Mary as passive as hers, merely unused. Because when are women most fiery and powerful? Well, the first thing I think of is young girls. And there are plenty in our congregation. Young girls who know exactly who they are. Before they have internalised the gaze of others and adjusted their behaviour accordingly, they exude confidence and competence and completeness. We adults might use words to describe them like fierce and feisty, stubborn and wild, but what we are seeing is contentness. It's a product of freedom and it's something that often fades as children, especially girls, adjust their attitudes and their behaviours to meet other people's expectations. When else do we see women so fierce and so complete? Most often on the other side of their reproductive years. At some point in their 40s, most heterosexual women realise they've become largely invisible and that they have a choice. They can spend the rest of their lives frantically trying to regain the gaze of men. Or they can accept with joy the freedom that comes with sexual invisibility. And when women accept and delight in their invisibility, they really hit their stride. They may not be literal virgins, but they experience a renewed virginity. That is a renewed identity independent of other people's expectations. This can be a time of shedding conformist behaviours. A time of really knowing or rediscovering oneself. A time of finding one's deep power and fearlessness. It can be a time of moving towards wholeness. Now we can see this independence and power, courage and completeness in Mary. In tonight's story we encounter her before marriage or motherhood and yet her identity is already fully formed. For the angel tells Mary that she's already found favour with God. Her identity and what makes her beloved do not rely on being desirable, married or maternal. They do not rely on her being desirable, married or maternal. In God's eyes, the Virgin Mary is already somebody. And this somebody already pleases God. This same somebody lives in occupied Palestine. And the child she conceives will be named God Liberates, for that is what the name Jesus means. And this somebody sings a Magnificat, a radical hymn, which claims that God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the humble, God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. These are hardly the actions of an ignorant innocent or a celibate simpleton. That is a virgin in the pejorative sense. Instead these are acts of political defiance performed by a fierce woman, a scented woman, a strong woman, a woman who lives in occupied territories who knows herself and her political terrain, and who dares to resist. Mary challenges the powers, and she claims a small circle of freedom in the baby she will bear, the boy she will name, God liberates. In other words, her virginity is her strength, her superpower if you like, because it frees her to live fully, completely, and wholeheartedly for God. And so it should be for each of us. Consider, the Virgin is liberated from the constrictions of the human gaze. She doesn't need to prove herself to anyone. She doesn't need to please because she knows that she is cherished by God. The Virgin assumes that women, like men, are complete in themselves and are made in the image of God. The Virgin proclaims her obedience to God and to love and to justice above anything and anyone else. The Virgin doesn't care about censure and she will not be silenced. And the Virgin wholeheartedly sings God's praises and gives birth to wonder and to joy. Not many of us are Virgin. I'm sure I'm not the only one who shied away from the word. We are easily swayed by the expectations of others, and we adjust our behaviours accordingly. Through our silence, we mostly submit to authorities, whether it's government's intent on protecting borders, advertisers' intent on increasing dissatisfaction, religious leaders' intent on maintaining power or corporations' intent on profit at all costs. We sadly agree that the rich seem to get richer, and the poor seem to have even their little taken away. But how rarely do we help lift up the lowly? How rarely do we help fill the hungry with good things, and send the rich away empty? From Mary from the Virgin, we have much to learn So can we, too, claim the superpower of virginity? Can we accept that we are cherished by God and whole and complete in ourselves? Can we confidently proclaim God's liberation and justice? And will we work towards these things for other people? And will we nurture that which is Christ-like within us, offering hospitality and tenderness and nourishment? And when it's time... Will we birth it into the world? For we are all called to participate in God's kingdom culture. And may we respond with Mary's wholeheartedness. May we too be virgin. And may God grant us courage to wait, strength to push, and discernment to know the right time. That we may bring into the world God's justice Christ's peace and the Spirit's joy Amen If you enjoyed what you heard there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters If you'd like to support the work of this little church you can make a donation via PayPal and you can find the details for this on the website. That's all for today and thanks for listening. We'll catch you another time.